Blog Talk Radio. Compass Rose Leadership Navigator, the show designed for business leaders with business success coach and leadership strategist Donna Price. Leadership Navigator is the talk show for leaders. Whether it is management, employee engagement, supervision, coaching, team building, conflict, we have great. Well, we've got a couple things going on there. I'm not sure what's happening. We've got two. I'm trying to find where that is. <laughs> but well, we've got a couple things going on there. I'm not sure what's happening. We've got two. I'm trying to find where that is. This is an analogy. Okay. I think I've got us working without too many things happening at the same time. So welcome to Leadership Navigator Radio. And I'm glad to be here today with Jan or Marish. Ah, I'm not sure. And she is going to be talking with us about selling to groups today. So I know lots of folks that are interested in this topic. I hope you're here on the show or listening to the show. Um, Jan is a top-selling for dummies author. She's got home staging for dummies and dummies. She's a sales professional, an HSN pitchman, a group talk expert, and a certified trainer for the CSP International Business Training Academy. She is passionate about guiding business owners in the best practices of growing a successful business. And she has no talk for profit, which she launched early in 2014. It's the number one resource for creating group talks that sell. She regularly teaches online classes and speaks at national and local industry events. And I am thrilled to have her here sharing great information with you today. So jam to the show. Thank you so much, Donna. I'm thrilled to be here. I apologize for that technology overload at the beginning. (laughs) No worries. You know, technology is one of those things that we really love when it works, and we don't like it so much when it doesn't. But I'm sure everybody's experienced the same thing on occasion. So, you know, no problem. Well, thanks. I know it always works when you're testing it, and then when when you're live, there's always the glitch. That yeah, that's up. that's the beauty of of live presentations. Always. <laughs> yes. So I'm so excited to have you here because you've got great information today to talk with us about in selling to groups. And um, but before we get into that, let's just talk about today's marketplace and like start laying a little bit of foundation for what we're going to share with folks as we get into the interview. Okay, well, I think what's really important for people to understand, for business owners to understand, is that the marketplace has really changed. Um, Certainly over the last 10 years, um, you know, five years ago, gosh, you could do all kinds of blogging and social media was just getting started and you could do email blasts and that was great and people were getting uh, a lot of traction uh, from that and being able to to really cash in on um, that 
electronic media, that digital media. But now people are so sick of it that the pendulum has moved and the problem with it is it's really hard to leverage. Um, so what consumers are craving now is that personal attention that, um, you know, they really want to have a relationship with a brand or with, uh, with products, and that is really good news for those of us who um, really enjoy doing uh, group sales or group uh, presentations because it's the fastest, easiest, and least expensive way to really build that know-like trust factor that's almost impossible to do, or it takes a really long time and a really large list if you're going to do it um, uh, with digital media these days. Okay. Well, we know like trust factor is just so important for people. Um, one of the things that I've heard is this new marketplace or new connection economy. So let's talk a little bit more about that. You know, yeah, the, how the has new, um, Go ahead. Uh, yeah, the, the new connection economy is that, as I mentioned, consumers are really sick of that arm's length marketing that's been so popular the last 10 years and are really craving that first, uh, that really personal connection. And this is evidenced by the popularity of Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn, Instagram, Pinterest, and Periscope, and uh, what is the other um, new one? Oh, uh, Blab now. Everybody wants to make connection, but here's the reality, Donna, and this is what I think is really important to anyone who's listening today, and that is that the marketplace wants more. Clients want a deeper connection with their favorite brands and their services. So if you're an author, a coach, an entrepreneur, a service provider, you know, even a, a bigger business, um, people – um, they don't just want to know how to make money. They want to figure out a way to do it in a way that is is personal, that makes that personal connection. And the way we do this is um, in a group presentation where we put that mechanism in place to get that deeper connection with their audience that isn't going to take a lot of time. And as you know, I mean, you've been in business for years and years. When you are selling one-on-one, -on -one, it is very, very slow. And but there's no replacement for that, for that uh, personal connection. So the next best thing and the fastest way to do that then is to um, speak in, in front of a group of targeted potential clients or customers um, and. Build that know-like trust factor immediately, or not immediately, within the you know 30 to 45 minutes or, or hour, you have an opportunity to really do that en masse and then move that conversation into a more personal one with whatever it is that you offer at, um, at the end of the, uh, the talk that you're giving. So why it seems like part of what you were – saying would lead us down a road of one-to-one -one selling, but you're saying that that's not the ideal. And 
is is it that it doesn't work or that it takes too much time or both? It it, it takes too much time. So um, I agree with that. When it, yeah, when um and and if that is all you're doing is selling one to one, you're going to be selling unless you're selling multi million dollar products and the sales cycle takes you know two or three years to accomplish. You're not going to get there very quickly. So for for your audience, um, what what you want to do is to basically break down the barrier. So just think of how cool would it be if you had clients come to you or your your uh, listeners had clients come to them that were already pre-sold, that already had that. Um, that trust around what it was that you're offering. What if clients came to you and said, gee whiz, you know, I really really like you. I am not going to reject you because you're trying to sell me one-on-one. You're informing me. And um, on top of it, gosh, you know, you haven't been real salesy to get me there. (laughs) And and what if it would be – great if someone said okay now um that i know you i am open to the offer that you're making to me and that's what uh, a group presentation does or a, a group talk does and this is quite a bit different than um someone who's getting up and doing a quote unquote keynote talk because i've talked to a lot of folks and they gosh you know i'm a i'm a keynote speaker but i'm not getting those keynotes like I I want to. Well, a keynote is a completely different animal, a completely different structure than a um a well, for lack of a better name, a sales talk or a sales presentation that's going to move someone into um whatever it is that you want them to do and to take the next step. So, in that case, it might be um, for those folks that are out there as consultants or coaches, maybe the next step would be to get a um, a 30-minute strategy session, in which case that is a one-to-one conversation, but um, they've had an opportunity to experience what you do, how you say it, um, and establish a little bit of that um, that connection in this new connection economy than you would by just cold calling. Um, no one likes to. Well, maybe there's some people that like to do that, but but I, what I don't happens, know about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But when you have an audience, you you avoid that whole cold calling uh, problem too because you've already established that relationship with them to begin with, and then you can carry that conversation where you want it to go. Does that make sense? Well, I think people are starting to get excited now because they're you're saying things like people are coming to you and <laughs> you've kind of already paved the way for them and so that starts sounding more and more I think to people than, you know, cold calling or um doing one-on-one type of presentation with people when you haven't established that no like and trust ahead of time. Exactly, exactly. Tell us uh, how you discovered doing business in this way. Okay, well, it's a a kind of long and 
a long story, but I'll try to make it as short as I can here. Um, Years ago, uh, I had been in a corporate situation. I had two corporate jobs, so I was used to a regular paycheck. I was used to um, paid vacations and, you know, an expense report and or expense account, all that sort of thing. Um, and this was the very first really bad recession that we had. And I don't know why I felt I needed to. Um, I, I needed to quit my job before I had another one, and and the truth is, Donna, that um, I quit my job before I was fired, and okay. I'm hoping that might resonate with some folks out there. My boss and I just had a difference of opinion, and his opinion won, so um, I quit because I couldn't stand it yep. anymore, and then I went, uh-oh, now what do I do? And in the exactly. industry that I was in, uh, <laughs> um, there was no one that was hiring and I was out of work for three months, and my savings was dwindling, and it was a situation where, gosh, I better do something, or I was going to have to move home to my parents, and that was not in my plan, my life plan ever. I don't think it ever is, but this really was something that I was not going to do. So um, I ended up going to my friend Pam's football party, and she uh, mentioned to me that they're company was hiring and honestly I did not care what it was if I could pass the interview I was going to be employed again and my problem was going to be solved so it ended up that uh, it was a straight commission job which was fine I had heard about straight commission before what I didn't realize until I had moved 90 miles away from my home and got into the training program that I was also paying my own expenses. So I became a reluctant entrepreneur, and this was even worse. I mean, I I had moved away, so not only would I have to, you know, come crawling back to mom and dad, I was going to have to move everything back home. Again, not in my plan. I felt like um, the Vikings coming to the New World where they went and burned their ships so they couldn't return, and that's exactly how I felt here. So I thought, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? So I learned this amazing system, and what I what I was doing was selling um, jackets to kindergarten through eighth grade kids. And honestly, I have a secondary education on purpose. Working with little kids, in my opinion, at that time was like herding cats, thought, how on earth am I going to do this? But the company had a really cool um, system for doing that. And so I learned this sales process. And in this, what I call my silly little jacket job, um, I was able to sell just under a million dollars worth of a $20 product in 18 months. And I really, I even surprised myself. I thought, oh, wow, that's, that's kind of cool. And that was in the, in the mid 80s. So I mean, that you know, looking at today's economy, that was a lot of jackets. <laughs> but yeah. the, the holy grail, what I discovered with this was that if you can sell to a group, if if you can do a presentation that isn't boring, that connects to the audience, that um, works within your own passion to a group of people that you and eventually loved all those little kids um, that you love and connect with and you can connect them that they're going to buy what it is that you have to sell so after 
a couple of years of doing this, I um, really wanted to get back to my roots, and my first book came out called Speed Sewing. And so I decided, you know what, if it worked for jackets, I wonder if it's going to work for books. And I wonder if it's going to work with, um, because I was in the sewing and crafting area, I wonder if I could sell some sewing machines and some some pin cushions and some books and all of the stuff that goes along with sewing. And so uh, what happened was um, uh, sewing machine dealers would invite me in to uh, do my group presentation to sell my book, but you know, at the end of my my web my seminar seminars we didn't even have webinars at that time. Right. Um, they yeah. were able to sell not only my twenty dollar book but thousands upon thousands. I think in a, in probably a two to three year period sold four and a half million dollars worth of sewing related stuff. And so I went, wow, this is this is kind of cool. And then um, I got yeah. Then I got married. And it ended up not being the best situation. Um, it was an abusive marriage, um, but I had gotten pregnant and in the state of Ohio, which is where I was living at the time. It was against the law. You could not get divorced if you were pregnant. Now, that might be different now, but I didn't know. So anyway, I, um, I stuck it out, wait till waited till uh the baby was born and decided at that point you know if i can't i made a list of 20 things and if these no 17 i'm sorry 17 things and if these 17 things hadn't improved by the time todd was born i was going to get out of the marriage and that's exactly what happened and then i found myself in a situation where okay i'm a new mom i have a baby I don't have um, a regular job anymore uh, because that was part of the problem in the marriage. He wouldn't let me do anything I wanted to do. It was a control issue. And I yeah. thought, oh, my goodness, what am I going to do? And I thought, okay, well, let's gear up the little jacket job model again. And I had, I, I fortunately did have, I was able to continue writing and I had another book coming out. So I ramped it up again and lo and behold was able to take care of myself, put a beautiful roof over our son's head and feed myself and, and on I went. And so then I met the man of my dreams, got married. My son now, is tw- our son is 26. Everything's lovely. And um, during that time until now, uh, ended up doing a couple of other things where I developed a product. I pitched it on Home Shopping Network, um, and uh, we during the time that uh, we uh, that I was pitching this product on Home Shopping, we moved from Kentucky to Arizona into a new neighborhood, and my. Um, my neighbors were real curious about what it was I was doing to decorate the house. And the product I was pitching on Home Shopping Network was called the Easy Cornice. And it was a, a cornice is a little box that goes up over 
the drapery hardware to hide all that sort of ugly stuff and just finish the top of a window. And typically they're made, if they're custom made, they're very expensive and they're very heavy, hard to install. So this was a very clever product that was made of polyurethane foam and basically the fabric wrapped around the foam and you tucked it in these grooves and popped it up over the window. So a really cool, neat product. And so my neighbor came um, uh, came over one day, and she said, "Hey, Jan, you know what? If um, if I bring my girlfriends over and bring the snacks and wine, can you sell these to us? Because I really want them for my boys' rooms." And I went, "Ah, really? You want me to do a Tupperware <laughs> party for this?" And Donna, I have to tell you, I was totally. I, I have never had never been to a home party. I thought they were stupid. I thought it was like. I couldn't understand how on earth this model worked, and I didn't really care about it until this opportunity presented it to me. So I sent the boys off bowling one night, one Thursday night, and in an hour I sold $1,000 worth of these $20 kits, and I went, oh, now I get it. (laughs) And so, so I ended up then taking what I had learned with the jacket job and that whole marketing and sales process there. And I went to school on direct sales to understand how that model worked, and I started my own direct sales company, and we sold the the cornice and some other decorating products, and I quickly realized that, whoa, this is going to take a lot of money, and I was spending all of my time raising money and not doing what it was that I really wanted to do um, in creating new products and that sort of thing. So I sold off the inventory and thought, okay, well, that's the end of that. Good learning experience. Move on. And so we were transferred again. <laughs> so um, during all of this, we finally got our last transfer, and I think I, I call it our last transfer. I'm thinking it's probably going to be that here in New England. And when I got here, I thought, you know what? What is it that I've done consistently throughout my career that I can teach other people to do that is going to shortcut this whole marketing and sales process? And so that's why I came up with and designed the Talk for Profit six-week results training program so that I combine the best of everything that I've learned over 30 years. And I know this this long story is getting longer, but just so that you know how the parts and pieces fit together, and I've taken the best of all of this and put it in this, this training program, and that is what I teach now um, in, you know, in my, in my product. Okay. So give us some of the highlights of, like, well, who, who would this approach work for first? Okay, yeah, the the first thing um is that if you have something to sell and I don't care if it is end of year end of life services, I have a client who's selling that and has used this process beautifully. Um if you're an attorney, if you're an adu- if you're a doctor, if you're a corporate person and you're you're trying to go out and sell a new product or a new service, if you're in real estate, if you um have a product to sell, um another client of mine is selling a really cool um it's called a crook hook and it's something that hooks on to um uh perpetrators cars to keep them from running away <laughs> or escaping 
um, it doesn't matter what the product or service is, you can employ the same process to move people into a buying decision. So that's something your listeners really need to understand is that this process, again, it's not teaching people what it is you know or do, although there is something to it. It is how do you move, you know, how do you uh, bring the audience into your sphere and into this group talk and then move them through so that they um, so that they are going to take that action that you want them to at the end. And the biggest thing that you're doing in this talk is building that know-like trust factor and building it quickly um, because, as we've talked about, it's just so slow any other way, and people are really tired of that arm's length uh, marketing. Okay, And when you do that, um, and let me just give you an example. What I what I did to create that no like trust factor with the school jackets, and I, I told you we learned this system. But what I wanted to do was to really connect with those kids so they'd listen to me. So what I ended up doing was I bought a four foot tall wily coyote stuffed wily coyote. You can only imagine what that looked like when I'm driving around in central Ohio with this thing in my front seat <laughs> but anyway what i did was i i, I <laughs> yeah i put my best jacket on it on him and yeah. i walked into the school assembly which is that you know the principal and the pta ladies would get everybody together in an in assembly and i'd walk into the school assembly and i'd wait until i could hear a pin drop and I took my pointer finger of my right hand and I pointed up to Wiley, who was on my shoulders, and I'd say, how many of you would like a cool school jacket like Wiley's? <laughs> okay? And there you go. I hooked them. I, I got their attention. It was entertaining. And then um, I used the remainder of the time to guide them where they wanted to go. So it's it's really important in in doing a group talk that you tell your story that you do something that makes someone want to listen to you um so for example um the crook hook guy my client who's selling this crook hook what he's going to do and we're we're just putting his talk together now um he's going to get a uh, crash dummy and he's going to be bringing in the crash dummy to his talks and he's calling it uh, Dead on Arrival Dave. <laughs> and he's going. he talks to police officers and captains of police departments. And one of the biggest problems that they have in these high-speed chases is that people get hurt. And there are unfortunate deaths. So there's, I mean, again, that's kind of a an icky thing to think about, but... We're trying to come up with something that makes sense to the audience so that you create that no-like trust factor and so that they're going to be um, listening to you because you've you've made them look up from their cell phone or their notepad and go, oh, this person has something for me to really uh, get my hands or get my head around. Um, so that's the first uh, key point is how do you develop that no-like trust factor and that is with your own personal story. Um, hopefully your audience could, could
could hear what I was telling them in my personal story, and it got them thinking about, gosh, how did she sell that million dollars worth of stuff? Okay? Right. Then um, the second key is that you got to know your numbers. So that's one of the things I can tell you as a creative person is really hard for me, and I have to believe there are some folks out there listening right now that just, oh, when it comes to, you know, putting together budgets and making sure that you're, you know, staying on target, that's just really um, really hard and something that you don't want to do. And then there are other people that just, thrive with numbers. But here was the thing with my jacket job that made it crystal clear, and that was to have a simple objective, a simple objective to keep me on track. So what the only number I had to keep in mind when I was uh, talking to principals and the parent-teacher organizations when I was selling jackets was the number three. And here's what it was. I needed to do three sales talks a day, meaning I had to talk to three people who were going to put me in front of their group of pe- their their group um, to be able to meet my objective. Okay, so I'm going to say that again. I didn't I did need to do one-on-one conversations with either the school principal or the the PTO president, but. I had that sales conversation with them so that they could put me in front of their group, which was the assembly full of uh, my target audience. Okay, So the only number I needed to concentrate on was three every single day. And when I did that, I fit everything else around it, all of the school assemblies, all of, you know, I had to put posters up there, I had to, um, you know, set up and, and give this talk. I often would go and size the kids' jackets and that sort of thing, but everything fit around that number so that once you start giving that group talk, um, and it, it becomes part of your business, your daily business, business activity so that you have a better return on the time that you spend marketing. Um, so does that, does that make sense? Yep. And so it's sort of like how you're joint venturing with someone that's going to help you to get in front of the right people. Exactly. Oh, I'm so glad. That's a much better way of saying it. Yes. Yes. You're joint so, venturing with people who who their audience is your audience. And so what, what I talk to people about is identifying those joint venture partners would be identifying, you know, people that your audience already trusts. You know, exactly. so they already have that no like and trust factor with whoever that is, the you know, with the jacket school principal, um, you know, with um, like my business, it might be a, an accountant or business lawyer. Um, so it would be key in identifying who the, those people are that you need to be in front of. Um, I agree, like knowing your numbers is, I've been trying to tell people, like, once you start looking at your numbers in marketing, it can become fun uh, because you start seeing the results that you're generating. And when we don't pay attention to our numbers, you you miss out on that fun part of, like, oh, you know, I've called and now I've got 
three appointments or whatever, you know, it turns out to be, it starts getting exciting. Yeah. Oh, you're so right. And and let me just give you a couple of other examples of um, clients of mine that, I've, that have been doing this. Now, you might think, oh, my gosh, I've got to do this and this and this, and I have to – I have to do a ton of talks every month to get this to work. So I have um, a a client, Barbara, who is doing a full-time professional organizing business. And what she has done is just added two group talks a month. And she's increased her monthly revenue by 25%. So, I mean, and, and you don't have to get in, in front of a cast of thousands. Now, certainly, if you've got a $20 product, that's why I got in front of 350 elementary school kids. But if you have a product or service that is um, higher higher priced, or may, maybe it's 199 or 197 297 something like that, you can get in, in front of a handful, meaning anywhere between four or five or six people. Just Just imagine... Um, a home party, for example, um, that is not a huge number of people to end up getting the results that you want. And then a second, I have a, a, a part-time um, professional organizer, and she's only working her business about 20 hours a week. And she's she's a soccer mom, and she's she's got a couple kids, and, and so she needs to fit her business around everything that's going on in her life. And so by doing two well-designed group talks a month with those joint venture partners that we just talked about, she's increased her revenue by 50%. So that that time you spend marketing, if all you do is spend your time doing these group talks, and, and here's the other thing that's real important for for listeners to understand is you don't give a different talk for each group. It's the same talk because they're all different people. <laughs> so once okay. you get this process down, it's just rinse, repeat. Now, the offer might change a little bit, but that's 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 really easy. But the basic foundation of the talk and the fact that you're working with that joint venture, um, it, it's a warm referral, so it it then breaks down that no like trust factor and their endorsement is then endorsing um the audience it just uh it, it just works beautifully that way so um very very simply if someone is wanting to increase their revenue and only has part-time hours to do it this is absolutely the fastest way to do it okay does it have a live like in-person talk, or could it be a teleseminar or webinar? It can be. It absolutely can be. Um, and um, I've done that as well. The, the, what you, what I find though is because you are doing a joint venture, and even though there is that no like trust factor, there still is a little bit of that arm's length um, feeling about it. Unless you know how to pull your audience in and draw your audience in in the webinar, and uh, right. a lot of those strategies and tactics are the same whether it's live. Well, you can't run around the room. you can run around the room at a webinar, but no one can see you, <laughs> so you have to do that virtually. And there are ways of of doing that to um, to make that happen. And I think um, the the other thing that that hinges on the success of whether it's a live talk or a webinar is making sure that 
um, you magnetize that talk. So here's what I mean by that, that Donna. So magnets um, naturally attract the right materials to them in nature. And so you want to do the same thing uh, to what I call your ideal client avatar. And you can do this um, by, again, by creating a, an enticing title um, or by doing something out of the ordinary, like I mentioned with Wiley. So um, I have a friend uh, who is a uh, a home stager and redesigner. And what she does, she does these great talks called um, Mantles and Martinis. And so what she does is she shows people how to change out the accessories on their mantles for the season, and it's fun because it's in it's in one of her clients' homes, and of course the alcohol probably doesn't hurt either, either but it, it has a kind of fun ring to it. I like alliteration. So if it's not uh, mantles and martinis, maybe it's mantles and, I don't know, another M... Mart- uh, uh, mantles in milk and cookies or something, you know, if, if that's yeah. something that doesn't um, ring true with you. But, um, uh, and, and there's another uh, person I know uh, that I've worked with, and she does has this amazing group of um, books that she calls the I Know series, and it's targeted to preschool children. And so what she does is, um, she does these I know K N O W I know the play dates for kids and their parents to actually experience the interactive interactive books that they have um, that they're selling. Um, the whole idea is to have people experience either by enticing them into the name and pulling them into the topic with a magnetic title, or if you are doing. Um, an in-person talk, you can do something like uh, when we were doing, when I had my direct sales company, uh, it was a decorating workshop, and what I had everybody come in and do was take a decorating quiz. And what's fun about that is everybody goes, oh, good, I'm going to grab my snacks and I'm going to fill out my quiz, and I want to know what my decorating style is. And if you if you think about it, that's one of the reasons I think Cosmopolitan Magazine and Red Book, have grown as much as they have is because of those quizzes that are in those those magazines because people are curious about what what they are what they're all about so those are some things that you can create uh, within either a live or a, a webinar um, to make it more magnetic and in a webinar situation you can funnel people into into doing a a survey or an assessment or something like that and that gives them an opportunity gives you an opportunity to get them on the phone and and to make that personal connection definitely um, I'm talking I think about like teleseminars and webinars and people are more and more um, accepting of those mediums as well. Where Oh, absolutely. You know, mm-hmm. Years ago, it was new, and I know the first teleseminar I was on, I just thought, are these really live people on here? <laughs> like, you know, and mm-hmm. um, so I think that it's just come a long way and can be more accessible for people. Um, a lot of times driving to a 
a location or getting people gathered somewhere. So it, it's definitely a good strategy, I think, for people when they can't do the in-person type presentation. Well, exactly. And um, I teach a color certification course for the CSP. Um, and I have students from all over the world. And that's the other thing that's so cool about well webinars and teleseminars. Um, I prefer a webinar simply because you're not just listening, but you're also seeing a, a, a presentation. But um, you're able to reach a much broader um wider group number of people but with a much targeted a very targeted message and right. they don't have to drive i mean i have i have some folks that are in um vancouver british columbia i have a couple people in australia so you're able to connect with those people on topics that they want to know about and they don't have to you know, basically it's the price of admission, and sometimes um, these webinars or teleseminars are complimentary or very low-priced, so it, it allows you to make that um, that group presentation to a broader audience. And, you know, now that we're talking a little bit, or I am, <laughs> sorry, I, it just dawned on me, one of the things that I think is really important for y your audience to understand, Donna, is that when I say a group presentation um, in a live situation, it is free. When you far first start doing this, it is a free presentation. And the reason for this is you're going to get uh, a better audience for it or a bigger group of a you're pulling from a bigger pool of people that like to get things for free. If they're coming to something that can present, be presented in um, in a backyard or a living room, um, all the better. Um, you're getting together with your friends. And just as a side note, um, I'm sure everybody knows about Tony Robbins and has has thought, oh my goodness, he's he's the guru of group talks and group presentations. He started. Once he learned about neuro-linguistic neuro programming, he started teaching this in backyards all over Southern California. So he did these very intimate group presentations, and he his big aha or the 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 big magnet, you know, making his talk magnetic. He was walking on hot coals without getting burned. I'm sure you've seen that on you know, on YouTube or something. And um, what that does in magnetizing your talk is it gets the buzz going about it um, so that you have, it has a little bit of, um, it has some legs and it gets people excited about, gosh, you know, I want to see that, whatever it is, because you, you did that magnetic talk and it's something that people wanted to learn. And it's free. Now, once someone starts doing free talks and does them successfully and consistently, what happens is, um, well, as, as Americans essentially or as people who go to school, um, we are programmed since childhood to stand up and trust the person that is standing up in front of the room teaching us. Okay, that We're just programmed that way. So as soon as anyone decides, you know what, I'm going to stand up and I'm going to give a group presentation, you are automatically ele elevated to expert status, whether 
you want it or not. It, it, it puts you in a place of um, expert status so that people will be quiet and listen to you and listen to your message. So uh, once you have that, you need to respect that and certainly provide really good content that they can take away. But the reality is, as I mentioned earlier, when it comes to a to something either you or I have taken a lifetime to learn, it's really hard and impossible to share everything that you know in a 45-minute to 60-minute talk. You probably couldn't do it in a day or two days. So it's important to set right. expectations up correctly in that talk. It's like, look, um, except for when it came to jackets, that that's a whole that was a little different situation. And when you have a a, a physical product like that, it's making that buying decision. Okay, but if it's something that is going to require uh, training, then you you need to set that up correctly at the beginning of the talk and say, look, you know, I'm here. I'm really happy to be here. I'm going to share my best stuff with you, but I only have 45 minutes to an hour. Um, and then, um, but it, for anybody who wants to learn more, I'm going to be giving you some resources at the end. So that you set that expectation up correctly in the beginning. And then what happens is once you have done these group talks, as I say, consistently, then what happens, then you'll be invited in to be a keynote speaker for a paid a paid gig, for example, in which case you may or may not uh, want to have a paid offer at the end. But you're going to end up making a lot more money by doing free talks and funneling people into um, a product or service that you sell than you will by asking thousands to be a keynote speaker. Right. So a little bit of a difference of how you craft your talk when you're a paid speaker versus offering the free speaker. Exactly, free and and talk. it and it does depend upon how much you're paid. Um, I have a, a client now who is paid twenty to thirty thousand dollars to do a keynote, which is great money. But yeah. he's only asked to do that keynote twice a year, and that's not enough right. money for him, okay? And even if it were a couple thousand dollars, that's not going to pay all the bills. So what he's doing, what we're doing is shifting that, and because where he makes his money is in a training program that he offers as a follow-up to that keynote address. So what you need to decide is what is it that you want to sell and you've got to, you know, if you're doing a free talk, if you think of a, a sales funnel or a, a funnel, any kind of a funnel, that's where um, a lot of people who are just learning about you end up is in that big funnel. And so you want to make an offer to them in that talk, whether it's paid or whether it's free, that makes sense to them. If they're at a free talk and you're pitching them on taking a $4,000 or $5,000 training program, you're not going to get any takers. You need to <laughs> move them along that funnel so that when you get to the end, you're, you're getting the result you, you want, and you're building that database. And what's right. so cool about this this time uh, in in business now as opposed to tw even 10 or 
15 or 20 years ago, is that when you do a gr- your group talk, you have an opportunity to capture those email addresses with permission, of course, and then move them in your funnel so that um, you are moving them where you want to go and support um, continuing to give them really good content in your newsletters and your email blasts. So it's like give, 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 make an offer. Give, 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 make an offer so that you can kind of leverage both the the live or webinar talks to get people in the funnel and then with the uh all the different automation that we have at uh at our disposal now uh with autoresponders and that sort of thing and being able to do email blasts keep those people in the funnel longer so that you can continue to sell to them and continue to um provide benefit to them Definitely. I think it's important that are doing the paid talks to, in their contract, they need to be clear on what they're allowed to do and what they're not allowed to do. And sometimes might need to negotiate what they can offer from the page, depending on where they're presenting. Exactly. And they're um, like, for example, if um, and this isn't a paid situation, but let's say you're doing something at a public library or some sort of public forum like that, and um, the institution has a strict uh, policy of not of you not being able to sell anything from the basically from the front of the room, then you need to create something that you can offer to people for free that's still going to keep them in your um, kind of in that pipeline. And so that's why maybe a free assessment or, um, you know, give me your email address and I'll send you a a questionnaire or whatever it might be, you're still able to capture their contact information and and keep them um, engaged. Definitely. And I think part of that is what you were talking about earlier. Um, Like in my company, we talk about interrupting. So getting somebody's attention through that special offer of making it, you know, kind of a headline that they cannot resist. They want it so bad that they're willing to give you their email. (laughs) You know, so it's, Mm -hmm. you know, making that offer magnetic as well so that they're attracted to it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's really crucial. And and that goes back to, you know, who is that ideal client and what is it that they really, really want? Um, you know, there's a big difference between we all, well, I'm just saying in my personal, I need to lose about 10 pounds. But if there is a cookie on the counter, and it happens to have chocolate chips in it, man, don't you know what I want more than anything in the world is that chocolate chip cookie, and chances are I'll eat that. So For I have sure. To, <laughs> and, and I think a lot of folks are like that. So you need to find out what it is that people really want, offer them that, and then by making that offer so irresistible that they want it, then you are able to bring them in and show them 
show them the way, basically. <laughs> show, show them, okay, now you've wanted this and you wanted this is the way to get there. And then you, you are able to teach them or funnel them in as to what it is that they really need. If you start off by saying you really need this, um, it's just like a li- little kid putting fingers in his ears going, la, 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 la. <laughs> you know, <laughs> nobody wants to be told, yes. you need this, you need this. So you need to make it, or you, you, what you want to do, I should say, is to make it so enticing. Um, and, and just kind of going back to my Wiley Coyote story, what I ended up doing, with, besides walking in with Wiley, what I ended up doing uh, to get, uh, to increase my sales was that anybody that brought their paper paper back to school the next day, and the paper was the order form. Anybody that brought that back the next day was entered to entered into uh, for Wiley Coyote at the end of the term. So that enticed all of the kids to take the paper home, show it to their parents, bring it back signed. And um, I ended up increasing my, they, we called that the return rate, by about 10% by doing, by offering that extra little incentive for them to do what I wanted them to do. Great. And just, just repeat that incentive because at one point you, like, went silent there. Right. Okay. Technology. Um, yeah. So, so um, at the end of my, my talk with, uh, with the kids, is um, what I wanted them to do was to take the paper home, show it to their parents, have their parents sign it, and bring it back to school the next day. And, of course, by the parents signing it, they're ordering a jacket. Okay, so that – but I had to simplify it because, again, I had to know my audience. I was working with 6-year-olds to 12-year-olds, so I needed to make it really simple. So uh, what I what I did was um, we wanted to make sure that those order forms came back as many of them came back the next day as possible, and so to incentivize the kids into doing this, um, what anybody who brought their paper back and turned it in the next day, and typically I would do I would do um, these group talks or the assemblies on either a Tuesday or a Thursday. If they brought it back the next day then they would be entered into a drawing for Wiley Coyote, who was on my shoulders. And someone in their school could win win him. But, of course, you realize that I used the same Wiley for everybody, and, that, and I had diff, I, each term I had a different Wiley. <laughs> but all right. at the end of the term, at the end of the semester, all of the schools that I had worked with at that point, they're, you know, I put all their names in a hat, we pulled one out, and that student ended up winning Wiley. But that was something that I did to increase the return rate so that I by about 10% and getting those that paperwork back because what we discovered is once we got that paperwork back um we could, you know, it was it was much faster uh to order the jackets and that we could as a factory because I was a direct sales rep um um, the factory then could actually get the orders in quicker. The the product could be made faster and shipped within this. I think we we had a two week turnaround, so it was really important for those order forms to come back quickly, so that we didn't have any orders kind of floating around out there and miss anybody. 
So it was, you know, it yep. was important for for the the company to have them come back. But I wanted to make sure that I sold as much as I could because I was on straight commission, and so right. that was what I did to to entice them into doing what I wanted them to do. And that's exactly what you want to do in an offer is to put those, um, they're called limiters, put those limiters in place so that people do what you want them to do when you want them to do it. Great. Um, I realize that time has flown by as it usually does on radio, and we have just Mm -hmm. a few minutes left. And you've given us such information so far. Um, so I want to make sure that people have information on how to get in touch with you. And I know that you've got um, a, a possible offer for people. And so I want to make sure that we get your website out there. So what sure, website sure. do you want folks to be looking yeah. for you at? Yeah, the the website is Talk for Profit. Dot com that's talk t a l k f o r profit p r o f i t dot com and if someone wants to uh be on my email list and the the way i say it it's it's my um non annoying less frequent newsletter <laughs> because people right. are usually annoyed and you know my goal with it is to provide content, 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 content as much as I can, and and it's short. So if they're interested in doing that, go on talkforprofit.com, and they can go ahead and enter their email address and name in there, and I will send them uh, my um, my Profit Jumpstart ebook uh, that they are welcome to use. It's got a lot of great information in there, um, a lot more than what I was able to share here with everybody today. Um, And I'm also going to do something else here. And I've never done this before, Donna, so I hope hope this is okay and I didn't even warn you I was going to do this. But if someone wants... I'm excited. Okay. (laughs) So if someone wants to talk with me directly and they want a 30-minute strategy session with me, bring me your biggest problem and I will help you with that. And I'm going to give you my cell phone number. So anyone is welcome to call me directly on my cell number. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, it's 360-903-8976. I'll say it again, 360-903-8976. Seven six, and they're they're welcome to call me. Um, if I don't answer immediately, I will call them back, and we'll set up a time to talk. But I just um, I I, I want to get this message out to as many people as possible. And I thought if they had direct contact with me, and if they brought me their biggest problem, I could I could be of most service to to the listeners out there. Well, I really appreciate. I encourage people to give Jan a call. Um, to learn more about strategy selling to groups. And, Jan, I want to thank you for being here today. It's been a great um, show and I think a lot of really valuable information for people. Well, great. It was my pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for the invitation. And um, I, I love all everything that you're teaching people, so keep up the good work. Well, thank you. And so I think 
thank folks for tuning in today. This is Donna Price, and my company is Compass Rose Consulting. I encourage you to go to compassroseconsulting.com. Check out our resources page. We've just added a ton of resources that you can pick up um, complimentary. I encourage you to give Jan a call and um, tell her your big problem so that she can help you to solve that. And we'll see you on the next Leadership Navigator Radio coming to you next week on Tuesday at 12 noon. Make it a great day and keep growing your business step by step. Have a good one.